0: Well, welcome everyone to our Easter vigil service. It's kind of a special service as we kind of wrap all of the holy, the things that happen during Holy Week all into one service. Usually during a long vigil, each hour they celebrate something different. So even though we are going to celebrate the resurrection, it's still a little bit of anticlimax because we know it's coming. So we're looking forward to the resurrection and we will celebrate it by taking the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, so welcome to our special service as we are gonna go through some accounts in the Bible, creation, the fall and our meditation, our message, our thoughts are gonna be on Ezekiel and his prophecy on the Valley of the Dry Bones and exactly what did that mean for the Israelites and what does it mean for us? Mike Henning is here helping me with the service. And uh, just one announcement before we begin our service is there is no Easter breakfast here at CMC tomorrow. Um, I think it was in the bulletin, the wrong, in the worship folders the wrong way, only at FMC tomorrow. So no breakfast here. And with that, we will begin our worship with our first reading from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 6. <clears throat> The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know Then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to the bones. I will make breath enter you and and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord.
1: Our second reading tonight is a recap. It's the telling of God's creation, his perfect creation coming from his perfect love. Genesis chapters 1 and 2. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light, And there was morning the second day. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, let the land produce vegetation, seed bearing plants and trees on the land that bear fruit with seed in it according to their various kinds. and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God said, set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with li- living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the vault of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea, and every living thing with which the water teems, and that moves around in it, according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and increase in number, and fill the water and the seas, and let the birds increase on earth. Nice. God blessed them and he said to them be fruitful and increase in number fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the seas and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground then God said I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it they will be your food. And to all the beasts of the earth, and to all the birds in the sky, and all the creatures that move along the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day god had finished the work he had been doing so on the seventh day he rested from all his work then god blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created when the lord god made the earth and the heavens now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth and no plant had yet sprung up FOR THE LORD HAD NOT SENT RAIN ON THE EARTH, AND THERE WAS NO ONE TO WORK THE GROUND. BUT STREAMS CAME UP FROM THE EARTH AND WATERED THE WHOLE SURFACE OF THE GROUND. THEN THE LORD GOD FORMED MAN OUT OF DUST OF THE GROUND AND BREATHED INTO HIS NOSTRILS THE BREATH OF LIFE, AND THE MAN BECAME A LIVING BEING. NOW THE LORD GOD HAD PLANTED A GARDEN IN THE EAST, IN EDEN, AND THERE HE PUT THE MAN HE HAD FORMED. THEN THE LORD GOD MADE ALL KINDS OF TREES GROW OUT OF THE GROUND, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is the Pishon. It it winds through the entire land of Havilah, where there is gold. The gold of that land is good. Aromatic resin and onyx are also there. The name of the second river is the Gihon. It winds through the entire land of Cush. The name of the third river is the Tigris. It runs along the east side of Asher, and the fourth river is the Euphrates. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord God commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. And the Lord God said, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of a man. That is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh Adam and his wife were both naked and they felt no shame it's now time for our offering and, and our sharing of gifts and uh, however you feel led to do that we thank you so much for the giving and it helps us certainly here to do the ministries at Faith Lutheran Church as we reach out to the Fox Valley our community and around the world so thank you for your giving
2: Together we sing.
3: You give life, you are life.
1: For our third reading, we continue and we move through that story of creation, that perfect creation again from God's perfect love. And now we get to the part of the fall where sin enters the picture. From Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent, serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say... Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And he answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And God said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? the man said the woman you put me here put here with me she gave me some fruit from the tree and i ate it then the lord god said to the woman what is it that you have done and the woman said the serpent deceived me and i ate so the lord god said to the serpent because you have done this cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. To the woman, God said, I will make your pains in childbearing very severe. With painful labor, you will give birth to children. Your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. And to Adam, God said, because you have listened to your wife and ate fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you through painful toil. You will eat food from it all the days of your life It will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field By the sweat of your brow You will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are and to dust you will return Adam named his wife Eve because she would become the mother of all the living THE LORD GOD MADE GARMENTS OF SKIN FOR ADAM AND HIS WIFE AND CLOTHED THEM. AND THE LORD GOD SAID, THE MAN HAS NOW BECOME LIKE ONE OF US, KNOWING GOOD AND EVIL. HE MUST NOT BE ALLOWED TO REACH OUT HIS HAND AND TAKE ALSO FROM THE TREE OF LIFE AND EAT AND LIVE FOREVER. SO THE LORD GOD BANISHED HIM FROM THE GARDEN OF EDEN TO WORK THE GROUND FROM WHICH HE HAD BEEN TAKEN. AFTER HE DROVE THE MAN OUT, HE PLACED ON THE EAST SIDE OF THE GARDEN OF EDEN cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life.
0: Why don't we, as you're able, rise for our confession. Yesterday was Good Friday, and we went through the account of Jesus's suffering and agony on the cross as he paid for each and every one of our sins and every man, woman, and child would ever commit. And he paid them in full. I think that's hard for us to understand. When he said, it is finished, he has done it all. There is nothing we have to add or contribute. We simply have to take what he has given us. And to do that, we need to acknowledge that we need him. So whatever's burdening you on your heart, whatever troubles you that you might have done, that you might have thought, that you might have left undone, any malice in your heart, whatever it is that is burdening you, take it to Jesus in confession silently for a moment. as jesus willingly went to the cross to pay for each and every one of our sins now he is put into the tomb after having paid that price in full luke twenty three fifty through 56 now there was a man named joseph a member of the council a good and upright man who had not consented to their decision and action he came from the judean town of arimathea and he himself was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen cloth, and placed it in a tomb cut in the rock, one in which no one had yet been laid. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. The women who had come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes, but they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. Please be seated. Just have a small message based on this Ezekiel 37, seven through 14. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise and a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in, in you and you will live. And I will settle down in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. A little bit of context around this section. Ezekiel, uh, the prophet is working as a uh, Judah is an exile in Babylon. They have sinned and bowed down to other gods and idols so many times that God has allowed them to be taken from their homeland to Babylon. And they were, because of what they had done and what they had left undone, if those words sound familiar to you. They probably felt pretty hopeless then. They couldn't get back to their home. But God had promised through the prophet Jeremiah that he would restore the nation, that they would, in fact, be placed back into their homeland because he would forgive them. He would bring them back in his mercy and in his promises through the prophet Ezekiel. He is telling them, I am going to restore you fully but his promise goes way beyond restoring the nation to their homeland. The nation was dead, dry and dusty and powerless. And what brings life to these people that are beyond hope, kicked out of their land with no hope, thinking maybe they have a God that won't keep his word or his promises tendons, flesh, skin, and breath. Those are all things we can relate to, all pieces of anatomy that we can relate to. That's all real tangible stuff to us. The Lord talks to them and says, I'm going to open your graves and I'm going to pick you up out of them. A promise to the exiled people of, is from Israel in Babylon, but it goes way beyond that. Flesh, tendons, people being lifted up out of their grave and restored. This is a story about resurrection. This is a story about the dead coming back to life. Because of the resurrection that we're celebrating tonight, this is what we can look forward to. I was about 19 years old. Um, My grandpa owned... A whole bunch, i not, not a whole bunch, I guess five in different states. But I was in, living in Springfield, Illinois, and he ran out of Decatur, Illinois, uh, a Wilbert Burial Vault Company. If you don't know what a burial vault is, it's what they lower the caskets into and then those big heavy things and they seal that they put the lid on and then lower that into the ground. And I would help set those up. And I would stand there in the cemeteries after the setup because we're supposed to get out of sight as the family comes to the, to the graveside. And I would always look at the families. And, I, you know, obviously, most of them were devastated. Most of them, we were sad, crying, depending on the age and the circumstances of the death. And it just seemed like an eerie, hopeless place to stand. I wasn't crazy about being there at all. I got used to it after doing it a few summers. And then I would look at it in a different way. You know, as when I would go as a pastor to graveside services and I would uh, read from Job 19. Let me read to you this extremely uplifting section of Job 19. He has alienated me from my family. My acquaintances are completely estranged from me. My relatives have gone away. My closest friends have forgotten me. My guests and my female servants count me a foreigner. They look on me as a stranger. I summon my servant, but he does not answer though I beg him with my own mouth. My breath is offensive to my wife. I am loathsome to my own family. Even the little boys scorn me. When I appear, they ridicule me. All my intimate friends detest me. Those I love have turned against me. I am nothing but skin and bones. I have escaped only by the skin of my teeth. Have pity on me, my friends. Have pity for the hand of God has struck me. Why do you pursue me as God does? Will you never get enough of my flesh? Oh, that the words were recorded, that they were written on a scroll, that they were inscribed with an iron tool on lead or engraved in rock forever. Now, who's uplifted and thinking they're going to have a happy Easter based on that, what I've read so far? It's really, really up there, huh? But like earthly life, however it goes while you're living, sometimes painful in a broken world of sin, stuff happens, and I can't explain why. But this is how Job ends this. I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end, he will stand on the earth, and after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh, I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes, I and not another, how my heart yearns within me. So after what I've read, what I consider to be one of the most depressing chapters of the Bible, period, with one of the greatest endings you could imagine. And sometimes that's just how things go. Because of the price Jesus paid on the cross as we went through Everything that he said as he was hanging there in agony yesterday on Good Friday, good for us, agonizing for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because of that, our bones, our tendons, everything that is buried, the sadness that we experience in the cemetery. I don't know if you've ever been out east. They refer to cemeteries as boneyards. Bones, tendons, flesh, Ezekiel, prophesying to the Israelites, but not really knowing the true meaning and how far those words would go because they're meant for us too. It's not just a metaphor for them being restored to their homeland. This is what Jesus got done yesterday, as yesterday being what we went through the account Of his sacrifice. And as we look at this vigil for the empty tomb, as we look for the risen Jesus, this is the reward that we have to look forward to. You notice in that section of Ezekiel, God keeps saying, I, 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 I did this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. So you can be comforted because there's nothing you can do, there's nothing you can add to it. We can't earn it, we don't deserve it because of what Jesus did, and because of he soon he'll walk out of that tomb, we too will have eternity. So when I'm standing here doing a graveside and I read this, we commit the body of our brother or sister, and then I fill in the name, to their resting place, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection of eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, who will change our lowly bodies so that, he will be, so that ours will be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to subdue all things to himself. But mostly when people are really sad in the cemetery, they hear ashes to ashes, dust to dust, we commit our brother or sister to the ground. That's why I always want them to leave there, remembering what Job said. Yet in my flesh, in that boneyard, because of what Jesus did, will I see God because of our faith, not because of anything we've done, because of everything that Jesus has done, we too will see God in our flesh, every tendon, every bone, whatever our perfect heavenly body will look like. And we will walk with him into heaven, into eternity, having done nothing to earn it, having done nothing to deserve it. It is truly all about Jesus. Amen. And with that, because of so many things that happened on Good Friday and everything that led up to that. And upon whatever confession that you had on your hearts and brought to the Lord and said at the foot of the cross, you are
3: my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice I hold on to what is true though I cannot see but the storms of life they come and the road ahead gets steep I will lift these hands in faith I will believe I remind myself of all because of your son comes my way when I feel your hands of grace rest upon me, staying desperate for you, God, staying humble that your I'm in-
0: Heavenly Father, you have commanded us to pray to you. You have always told us that you will always hear our prayers, but yet you do not give as the world gives. We thank you and praise you for what you did for us on Good Friday, sending your only son, perfectly innocent from the time of conception to the moment he drew his last breath, to lay down his life in agony so that we could live and not suffer the wrath that we deserved and earned in the garden of eden we ask that you be with us in our lives and recognize and live our lives in thankfulness for what you have done and for what you have given us not to earn anything but to be grateful for a gift that's already ours we ask you lord this easter to be with those who are suffering those who are hurting in body mind and spirit especially in our prayers we remember ted Dalkey who's recently been placed in hospice care. We just ask you to be with Ted and fill his heart with the joy of the coming resurrection and the promises of Jesus that are always kept. We ask you to be with Nancy Lemke, Marilyn Drager, Edith Krieger, and Tammy Banky's niece. And be with all those who might be recovering from surgery, facing surgery, facing illness or recovering from illness. Heal them in body, mind and spirit and be with those who care for them and bless them in their hands. We ask you to be with those families who have lost loved ones. What a great powerful Easter message it is to share the gospel with someone who has lost a loved one. You are our hope not just in this life, but in the life to come. Especially we ask you to remember John Ganson, whose mother Sue passed away this past week, was called to her heavenly home. We ask you to comfort John with the knowledge and the hope of that empty tomb that we celebrate and that this life and the things that happen here and the end of earthly life is not the end of our story because of what you alone have done for us. Lift John up and all those who may have recently lost, lost loved ones. We ask you to be with all of us in our families that might be struggling financially with depression, anxiety, loneliness, separation. The world of sin gives us a lot of pain, Lord. We just ask that you continue to lift us up and bless us till we walk with you one day in paradise. And we are all bold to pray this as you have taught us our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespassed against us lead us not to temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever Amen. And our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to the disciples and he said, take and drink of it, all of you. This is the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with all of you and take a moment to share God's peace with those around you. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen to preserve you and body and soul into life everlasting, heart and peace. Will you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, we can't fully comprehend the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf so that we wouldn't have to suffer what our sins deserve. Let our lives be thankfulness for what you have done until we see you face to face one day. In this foretaste of the feast to come, we celebrate your resurrection and the joy of the empty tomb. In your name we pray, amen. Now may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you each with favor and grant you all his peace. Amen.
2: I wanted to quick preface this song. Um, this is a new one for our congregation. It's called Gratitude, and it fits so beautifully with our Easter season. I've been hearing it on the radio a whole lot all during the season, but I don't know if you've noticed, those of you who've been attending um, a lot of the weekends, but during Lent, the worship leaders, we purposely omit a lot of the Alleluias and hallelujahs, and so we intent intently do that, and we fast from those during our Lenten season to help with our reflection and um, repentance that we dig into during the season of Lent. And then, of course, we break those all out um, in plenty on Easter morning. And so I wanted to do this song as our final song tonight because it pulls in those hallelujahs, and honestly, it just... Is such a perfect way to say thank you to God because we certainly cannot do anything to own up to what He has done for us in His love for us. And so, by throwing our hands up in praise and singing out this hallelujah with all our heart, this is the one way that we can worship God in His fullness and in His glory as His King self should be worshiped. So, I invite you all to stand. Why don't we sing this all together? as we get ready to sing about our gratitude to our amazing god
3: together we sing all my words fall short new how could I express all my gratitude I could sing these songs
2: Go in his peace and mercy.